it's so funny to me. These three four areas keep coming up in conversation, conversation after conversation after conversation. And it's because it's fundamental. It's something that we all need to work on. And that's how you build trust. So one thing that I'm, I'm curious about, I'm wondering about, we've been in this sort of pandemic for a very extended period of time, right? And we have companies that went from being Everyone has to have their bum bums in these seats. <laughs> they have to sit in the office. If I don't see your face, you're not working, right? And and we've transitioned from that to, okay, well, now I guess everybody's at home and I guess we can get work done. And mm, like, I guess, like we've got these grumpy managers who, who, are, who are kind of realizing, oh, well, mm, I guess we can. And, and now we've all sort of accepted we've gone through the different stages, right? The different stages of grief and acceptance. So we've all sort of accepted, yes, we can get work done this way. However, what I'm starting to see is that leaders are recognizing and teams are recognizing that there has been a cost associated with everyone working from home or not being able to see each other in the office. There has been a little bit of a a cost to the relationship. It's kind of challenged them in ways that they they didn't necessarily anticipate. It's time for a sneak peek. Sneak peek, sneak peek. For me, just staying the course was about believing in something that was bigger than myself. To do what I was doing, I felt like I was was here to do something a little bit broader and really support others um, in their journey and their growth. And now on with the show. When you're feeling the pressure, take a moment to step back, pick up your marbles and choose to lead with levity. Join us on the Lead with Levity podcast for fireside chats that will fill your bucket and help you get back to being the leader you were meant to be. Now here's your host, Dr. Heather Walker. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Lead with Levity podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Walker, and I have the pleasure of speaking to Tom Finn today. Tom is the co-founder and CEO of Leg Up. It's actually a very interesting company. First company to insure, I said that, insure employee retention. And we're going to unpack what that actually means today and how they do that, because I'm so curious. Tom is also launching a podcast. It's called the Talent Empowerment Podcast, and I'm sure that we'll get a chance to talk about that a little bit today as well. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great, Dr. Walker. Great to be with you today. Awesome, awesome that I really have never seen any other organization do this. Can you tell me a little bit more about Leg Up, number one? And number two, what do you mean you insure employee retention? That's important. Well, let me, it's very important. Let me start right at the beginning and sort of explain maybe how we got here and what Leg Up is before we get into the retention piece. So, I was working in corporate roles in corporate America, like many other leaders, I was running teams. And what I realized was when I looked across the organization, the best teams were really run by great leaders who were thoughtful about their culture. And they were thoughtful about the people they brought into the company and thoughtful about how they treated them. And they spent a lot of time on people. And they spent less time on themselves and more time looking across the organization to support others. And I really learned a lot from from folks that I crossed paths with. And I thought, well, gosh, I'm sort of headed up this corporate ladder and it just feels like 
maybe this isn't the right fit for me. I want to go help more people. So what can I do to support the growth of others in their, in their careers? And I started to unpack it. Now, at the time I was dealing with bouts of anxiety. I was stressed. I wasn't sleeping well. And I think I sort of came to this realization that maybe there was a change that was needed. And how could I do that? So I asked for a professional coach and I said, you know, maybe I can get one of those executive coaches and they'll uh, change the world for me. Of and course, right? in fact, yeah, it, exactly. And I thought, gosh, well, the first company that I, I asked for one, they said, well, you're not close enough to the CEO. It's very expensive. You know, we can't help you. You're going to have to figure this out on your own. So of course, a few years later, I left and I went to a competitor and then I asked for a coach and they said, well, congratulations, you're close enough to the CEO. We will support you. Hmm. And I thought, well, that's an odd paradigm. I have to be close enough to the CEO to be supported in my career. Seems very strange. It really does, especially when you consider all of the steps that a person has to take to get from the front lines all the way up to second in command or a VP level position. That's a lot of potential collateral damage if you're, you don't have that person well supported and you're not focusing in on their development. I couldn't agree more. It also comes back to a, dis a discussion around equity and inclusion, because I think um, some people have a roadmap on how to get where they want to go to, because they were just inherently raised in a, in a way or supported with a schooling system that enabled them to have a playbook or a roadmap to get where they want to go to. And, and not everybody was given that roadmap. And so it comes down to when you can push coaching or development of others through an organization, you actually create a more inclusive culture as well. And so those are the things that I was thinking about. And, and I decided to go cold turkey. I resigned. I took all my savings. I remortgaged my house. At the time, I was a single dad um, raising a little boy on my own. And I said, well, what am I going to do? Look into his eyes and tell him not to follow his dreams. That would be the worst case scenario. And so I followed my dream and I started leg up. And the first two years, I didn't take a paycheck. And we started from scratch and we built the science around human productivity in the workplace. We built the science around well-being. We started measuring it and building products that employees can take one-on-one -on -one with executive coaches. We built a global network of coaches. And then we started testing all of this, all of our theories to see, does it actually work? And what we found is that within 12 dimensions of productivity and well-being, we're really able to measure for the first time the coaching experience and deliver people analytics real people analytics on how people are really doing to an HR leader or people leader. So you said a lot there. And I want to acknowledge one thing that you mentioned about some of those life circumstances that were stacking. So I'm single dad, I mortgaged, remortgaged my home, I quit my job, I did not take a pay, any kind of pay for, did you say two years? Two years. Two years. Okay, folks, listen. This is February, and February for us is, as you know, the series that we're in is how do you still make it through at work when you're going through at home, when there's so much going on? So I just want to take a quick detour with you, Tom, because you just added a few layers that make me extra curious about how you were able to make it through that time period yourself. Well, you know, everybody has their personal story, right? And uh, mine is unique to me, but I think the piece that keeps you focused 
is what is the end goal? Um, for those that are listening that have children, I mean, your heart pours for your children, right? We love our kids. And so all I had to do was take one look at, at mini me. And I didn't feel like, I don't want to get too spiritual here, but I didn't feel like I was put here on earth and, and think, you know, what, what example do I want to set for him? And so that was really um, the impetus of it. And for me, just staying the course was about believing in something that was bigger than myself. To do what I was doing, I felt like I was I was here to do something a little bit broader and really support others um, in their journey and their growth. And so I needed to figure this out. And that's what kept me, you know, waking up early in the mornings and going to bed late. Mm, that is so helpful. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope that, that helps someone at home who might be going through different circumstances as well. And you're thinking, wow, is there is there light at the end of this tunnel? Am I on the pursuit of happiness? And am I going to get to that end goal that I'm looking forward to? Well, yes, there you can get there. So I encourage you to continue to press forward. Quick question for you, Tom. So I understand that your company name is Leg Up. And you mentioned that you created sort of this global network of coaches and and all of this, and, and you've been able to sort of connect it back to all of these metrics that link back to productivity and, and what sparks joy at work. I'm thinking about where we're at right now as a country, and then globally even. We've got people resigning left and right on their pursuit of happiness. They're just like, I don't wanna do this anymore. Life is, is so much more than what I'm doing right now in my eight to five. I want to try something different. So we have people just kind of having an awakening about what they want, how they want to spend their time. And it's really challenging a lot of companies right now to figure out how do I keep people? How do I keep people? How do I keep people? I just visited Abilene, Texas over the weekend and there was a sign on this pawn shop. It's kind of like a pawn shop. And massive sign, like life-size sign that said, we are now closed on Mondays due to no employees. And I thought, well, why don't you just put a, we're now hiring sign up? Why don't you hire some employees? But I understand that there are so many companies out there that are having trouble even just hiring because everybody's hiring right now. So in an environment like that, how do you ensure, you know, retention? Well, let's, let's go back to the core issue that companies are facing, and then we can solve it. So the core issue that I see is a cultural challenge. So people vote with their feet. They either walk into your office or they walk out. They either show up on that call or they leave the organization. So you have to create the right culture where people want to be a participant. And it's not always about money. Most of the time, it's not. It's about, does this company have the same culture and values that I have? Do I see myself within this organization? And is there a long-term plan for me? If you can't answer those questions uh, appropriately for an employee base, you're going to lose people. And quite frankly, you're going to lose your best people. Now, there's lots of tools and ways to do this. But when we look at the HR function or the people function of leadership, I sense that they've fallen into some of these age-old traps where they're looking at programs that worked in 1982. I mean, mm -hmm. there are companies that have, you know, employee benefits packages, for example, that were put in place in the 80s and haven't changed a whole lot. I mean, just to remind everybody, in the 80s, people were still smoking on airplanes, okay? So, so things have changed a little bit. And I sense that organizations have not upgraded 
their cultural software, so to speak. And you're seeing people leave because they're going, this isn't a place for me. I don't need an EAP where you tell me to call a call center for help, really, in today's day and age. So we have to look at how we impact culture. And so what we figured out uh, in terms of retention or talent insurance is that through our programming, we've been measuring for the last two years, the retention of employees. We have a, a customer, I'll give you a great example. They're a real estate company. They have about 2,500 employees. During COVID, they had 44% turnover. So for those that are familiar with this space, that's a big number, 44% turnover. For those that may not know, average 15, 18% would be just fine for most organizations at certain levels within the organization. So, so 44% is pretty high. They changed one thing. They changed one variable two years ago when they hired us, which was putting in Lego. They changed nothing else. And they gave 35 uh, executive directors in a pilot program, our programming for three to six months. And they went from 44% turnover to zero, to zero inside of six yeah. months. Nobody left. And that's probably not the whole story because of course, after that period of time, a few people do resign and move on and that's fine. But they normalized in that 12 to 15% turnover range by putting in our program, which is completely appropriate instead of having 44% turnover. Now we, we did the economic model on this. We ended up mm -hmm. saving them about $4 million in turnover. I bet, I bet. So what's so special about your program? So the idea is we're so confident in our programming that when we go through it, it's very customized. It's very unique to you as a person. Our coaching is designed to an N of one, to one person at a time. And so the process and the network and the tools that we provide and the assessments we give are all combined to create this beautiful symphony of lifting others up. And the beautiful output from something like that is that you feel confident, you feel good about yourself, you feel good about your company, and you end up staying. So Talent insurance and this retention promise or guarantee is really that if somebody finishes within 90 days and they leave within 90 days of finishing a program with leg up, we'll reimburse you and we'll give you a talent insurance payment. So that sounds great on its surface, but it's not going to happen that often because we do a great job of retaining people. But if it does happen, we submit a payment. Now, what we've done is we've also lifted up the people leader to be a revenue generator for their company, right? So if you've got a large company and a hundred people leave and we're writing a check each time as an insurance payment to that company, I've now lifted up that role of HR to the CFO and to the CEO to say, look, I'm bringing in revenue when people leave. And I'm so confident in the programming that we have in place for our people. So it has multiple levels to it really on its surface is talent insurance. That's, that's an interesting package that you have there. Are you able to share any tips with a manager when we talk about lifting people up one thing that our audience really appreciates is when they can tune in and they can take away something that they can try and apply so do you have a, a real quick sort of like here's something you can try and apply when it comes to lifting people up you know, there's lots of different ways that you can that you can do this work. And it really comes down to the individual leader on their skills and what they're comfortable with, with their team. But the first thing I always tell people is to listen intently and, and really listen to what your employees or your team is, is saying to you. Because if you can't do that, everything really gets lost in a gray area. So my first, my first pro tip would be really intently listen. Part of that listening, the second part is 
just care about the person, just the person, not the work output, not the work from home, not, not the project, not their title, care about the person. So if you listen and you really care about the person genuinely, you, you would sit next to them at an airport for three hours during a layover, right? And chit chat with them. Those are the people you wanna work with and, and those are the people um, that you should be working with. But as a manager, you don't always get to choose. So listening and just really embodying that soul of, of um, being genuine with others is great. You know, I, I would say the, the third uh, piece is just to be authentic yourself and be honest with, with yourself and have that, that dialogue that goes back and forth. It's not always easy to do. Not everybody was raised that way. We all have different backgrounds and circumstances that we've lived through that create the, and embody the person we are at this moment in time. But I just encourage you to not be so hard on yourself and give yourself a break and, and just try to lead with empathy for yourself and for others. And I think if you listen, if you really engage in, in understanding that person, then just lead with empathy. I think you'll be in a pretty good spot. I, I agree with those things. And it's so funny to me, these three four areas keep coming up in conversation, conversation after conversation after conversation. And it's because it's fundamental. It's something that we all need to work on. And that's how you build trust. That's tips. So one thing that I'm, I'm curious about, I'm wondering about, we've been in this sort of pandemic for a very extended period of time, right? And we have companies that you're right, they they were they went from being everyone has to have their bum bums in these seats. <laughs> they have to sit in the office. If I don't see your face, you're not working, right? And and we've transitioned from that to okay, well, now I guess everybody's at home and I guess we can get work done and Mm, like, I guess, like we've got these grumpy managers who, who are, who are kind of realizing, oh, well, hmm, I guess we can. And, and now we've all sort of accepted, we've gone through the different stages, right? The different stages of grief and acceptance. So we've all sort of accepted, yes, we can get work done this way. However, what I'm starting to see is that leaders are recognizing and teams are recognizing that there has been a cost associated with everyone working from home or, or not being able to see each other in the office, there has been a little bit of a, a cost to the relationship. It's, it's kind of challenged them in ways that they, they didn't necessarily anticipate. So I'm curious, you know, what advice or recommendations do you have for leaders who are, are doing the best that they can to keep their team together and to keep their team together in a remote environment? Well... It's a mixed bag for most people in the way they feel about this. And I think that's fair. I think that's a fair way to feel. On the one hand, we like the flexibility. On the other hand, from a from a manager standpoint, we know what the whispers are. The whispers are, is that person actually working that day? Is that person actually putting the output in for the rest of the team? And so I think the, the real pro tip here is to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations with your team. You can do only so much in a group in a group setting. For me, a group setting is really more about information sharing. Here's where we're going. Here's the strategy. Did we check this box? Did we check that box? That's a team meeting. It keeps us all organized. And perhaps it allows me the ability to set the, the priorities for the broader team. But it, it doesn't help in human interaction. It doesn't retain anybody. It doesn't show my leadership skills. It doesn't show any empathy. You can't really do that in a group setting. So 
I think for me, whether it's Zoom or in person, I try to connect with my team one-on-one, my direct reports on a weekly basis. Um, and I know that's an old school kind of simple thing to say, but you have to do it. And uh, even if it's 30 minutes and, and you don't always have to start, start with business, you can start with exactly how's your dog? How's your cat? How's, how's your partner? How was dinner last week? What are you making for dinner this week? I mean, just keep it human, just be human and have that one-on-one interaction. And I think if you can do that and allow yourself to do it, you have to be human too, right? To get that done. And so it, it breaks down these walls very gently and very quietly. It breaks down these walls and you start to build a human relationship. Now, I, I know the folks out there are going to say, gosh, I just would so much prefer to do that in person. And that's okay. It's okay to want to do that in person. It's okay to want to be with others, but you can't always do it. So where you can fit in a one-on-one in person, fabulous. Where you, where you can only fit in video, just, just be open to taking that emotional step yourself. And I think you'll see more results than maybe you have in the past. And one thing that you mentioned earlier was about EAP. And a lot of companies still rely heavily on EAP, right? And I'm wondering, what what would you consider a, a reasonable alternative, especially if someone is sort of going through something or they're, you know, they're having, they're really going through something, they need, they need expert help or yeah. guidance or additional support, what would be a good EAP alternative? So there is absolutely a mental health crisis in the United States and around the world, and people need support for mental health services. And uh, I don't want to, to say that doesn't exist because it does. And there are those that, that need the support and the help. EAPs originally were designed for alcohol suppression in the workplace in the 1940s. And they moved on from that to be a bit of a yellow pages when you needed data or information before the web was invented. And then post-web, they became more call centers. We'll give you three sessions with a therapist if you have a problem. They are licensed therapists, but you go into a call center setting and you pick up the phone. So EAPs typically have one to 3% utilization from an employee base because there's just not a lot of value. So it's just a dated model with dated products that really don't serve a whole lot of purpose today. But there are some wonderful companies in the digital space that are doing fantastic work in the mental health, the direct answer to your question, how do you get how do you get help here? So go look up Ginger, go look up Lyra. These are quasi competitors of Leg Up, but they do a fabulous job. And, and they provide EAP type services but in a much more modern way, which much, with much more acute benefits for the employee. And for that, they have higher utilization. They have digital technology that's integrated with insurance companies. They have a much easier workflow. They have apps. It's all what we would expect from that market today. And I think there's just no need to be sitting back in the 1940s or the 1980s with some of these products that, by the way, are not free. You're paying for them. And those companies are making a lot of money on those products because they're just not used, but you pay full price. Right, right. It's sort of like insurance, right? We, (laughs) we pay every month and, you know, maybe one day we cash in, but most likely we won't. So I've been grilling you for the last 20 something minutes and, (laughs) and I haven't actually talked about levity at all. So let me take a second to do that. Tom, can you tell me a little bit about just what are you all doing at Leg Up to 
have a fun work culture? How do you support that? Well, I, I, I'm glad you asked the question. I'm glad we got to it. The, <laughs> I, I, think, I think the most yeah. important thing is really focusing on the culture of any organization. You've got to support a positive employee culture. And you've got to, you got to be able to laugh at yourself. You got to have a little fun along the way because work can be hard, work can be long. And so I, I would say first and foremost, the people that I work with, the people that I choose to work on the same team with um, all have great character. That is my number one will not bend rule. I only work with people with absolutely sterling character. And if you can do that, then your trust is built almost instantaneously and you can have a heck of a lot more fun. So I'll give you, I'll give you an example. We were working team project and our cust- one of our customer success managers called out and she said, Tom, you're a cabbage. And we all started dying laughing. Now she has a unique perspective right. on life. Like, what does that mean? She had a moment and she just said, you're cabbage. And I have no idea what it meant. But since then, I have been called the head cabbage for the last few weeks. And, <laughs> and we've been having a lot of fun with it. And so I think you've got to be able to laugh at yourself. I think you've got to let people be themselves, not be too serious about it. And if you can do that in a work environment, um, you really create a sense of where people want to be versus have to be. And I always tell people, look, I don't, I don't want you to work here. I want you to want to work here. And, and if I create the right environment for you, you'll stay. And if I don't, you'll leave. And I'm okay with that because then the pressure's on me and, and not on the, on the team. So sense of humor, trust, being straightforward, leading with empathy. These are all things we talk about as a team and then we employ it. And I think that's a big part of our culture and, and why we've been successful. I love it. I love it. I couldn't agree with you more. And Tom, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for sharing everything that you're doing at Leg Up. And if anyone wants to know a little bit more about you or or Leg Up, where should they go? Yeah, you can find us uh, on the web at legup.com. That's L-E-G-G-U-P.com. Uh, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I, I would love it. It's Tom Finn leg up. It's very easy. I'm, I'm super easy to find. And then if you're interested and you have time outside of Dr. Walker's podcast, we're starting our own podcast, as she mentioned, called Talent Empowerment, the Talent Empowerment Podcast. You can find us at talentempowerment.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Lead with Levity podcast. To get resources mentioned in this episode and find out what we're all about, check us out at leadwithlevity.com.